Hello and welcome into the What's Up Peoria podcast. I am your host, Nathaniel Washburn, coming to you from Amplify Studio here at the main library in downtown Peoria. We are back after the holiday. I hope all of you had a wonderful uh, holiday season. Uh, New Year's, we are we are back. We were off for two weeks, but we are now back. We have uh, lined up some awesome guests and uh, got some wonderful events coming up. So I will jump into those in just a second. But I do have a guest with me today. And I want to just take a second to introduce Mike Elliott, uh, Parks and Community Facilities Manager. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, Nathaniel. Thanks for having me. And did I get your title right? I know it's kind of a, a longer title now. What, what is your official title? You know, we did a um, uh, strategic restructure of our department and separate into divisions. And um, I realized they don't pay you for the longer title, but I'm now a park <laughs> operations and facility services manager. Oh, they definitely need to start paying you based on, I think, on letters, yeah. right? Let's get you paid on letters. That, that would go a long way. Oh, so yeah. me too, because I'm library and cultural services manager, right? So the two of us, we should get paid on letters. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up. We'd be sitting pretty. <laughs> so we'll see if they take that. I don't think they will. Uh, but anyways, Mike, thanks for being here today. We're going to come back to Mike in just a second. He's going to be talking about um, parks projects. We're going to be talking about some water conservation. So a lot of good conversation coming up. And I know a lot of our listeners, um, those are some of the things that you've, uh, you've brought up that you are concerned about. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, before I jump into that, though, as always, I want to get to some of the events uh, that we have coming up. And we actually have one tomorrow that I want to talk about. Uh, it's uh, sorry for the short notice on this because we were off for a little bit. But the Polar Plunge is happening tomorrow, January 7th at Centennial Pool. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Polar Plunge, uh, crazy, have you ever done a Polar Plunge before, Mike? Uh, not on purpose. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never done one. I've seen it done. Um, but basically, you're jumping in that water in the middle of January. Not sure I would do that, but I know there's a lot of people that, that love that. And it's also for a great cause because it's all about water safety, making sure that uh, we, we are um, putting information out there so everybody can be safe around the pool. Uh, not always in January, but you know what? Everybody's swimming here in, in May, June, July, and August. So we want to be safe around those pools. So Polar Plunge tomorrow, uh, and that is at Centennial pool and you can get more information on the aquatics website or if you go to the Peoria's main uh, main site you can get information on that uh, coming up a week after that is a pretty big day here in, in uh, Old Town Peoria we have uh, three things happening that are all kind of uh, coinciding together first we start out with the Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service and this is a, a just an, a, a wonderful event it is a chance for people to come out and give back to the community right a day of service and it's also that opportunity to honor Martin Luther King Jr., all that he stood for, um, and you to come out to a great event. Last year, there was a very cool drum circle. Um, I think that's coming back this year. There's going to be live entertainment. Um, there is going to be tons of booths out there, information for uh, community services, uh, as well as some interactive activities. There's going to be a free book giveaway from the library um, and just a ton of resources for the community. So again, make sure that you get out to the Martin Luther King Day of Service. That is happening at the Peoria Community Center, which is just off Jefferson, and uh, you can get more information on this event also at the city webpage. On the same day, this is actually coinciding with Second Saturdays, and 
Second Saturdays, most of you know about it. It's a it's it's a great event in the evening. Kicks off at five. Live entertainment, uh, but something that's also starting uh, in uh, next uh, Saturday on the fourteenth is concerts in the courtyard, which we do here at the library. And this is a newer thing we brought on last year, and it kicks off the uh, the second Saturdays starting at four o'clock in our brand new courtyard just off the children's area live music that will go from four to five when you're done listening to that you can walk literally walk right over to old town right and and hear some of the the awesome uh entertainment that's going to be taking place at second saturdays always good food always good fun at second saturday so 14th very very busy day make sure you get out to the martin luther king day of service make sure you make it over to concerts in the courtyard and then finish your night up at second saturdays that is a full saturday you will go to bed a happy person i guarantee it so with that those are the events upcoming uh more to come next week on some of the events at the end of july but i don't want to take any more time on that I'm excited to come back over to Mike and talk a little bit about parks uh, and um, what is happening in parks. Uh, lots of amazing things. For those of you that may not know, Peoria is top of the list when it comes to our parks. We have three just wonderful, beautiful community parks. And how many neighborhood parks do we have? We actually have 36. 36. That's amazing. So you, you no excuse not to get to a park, right? <laughs> you got to get out to the park. So we have 36 neighborhood parks, three community parks. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. I just kind of want the listeners to, what what is it that you exactly do? You've been here now, what, three? Uh, January is two years. Two years. Yep. So congratulations on that anniversary. And tell us a little bit about what you do. What's your day-to-day look like? So um, the beauty of my job is no two days are the same. Got a ton of different work that I do, a uh, ton of different areas that I touch. And that's probably one of the most beneficial parts of working here. Um, there's a very intrinsic benefit to making sure that our parks are not only clean, safe, accessible, but that we have the most up-to-date and modern amenities and all of the stuff that makes a community as whole, uh, a whole. Um, so my job uh, with the neighborhood parks is to manage the day-to-day operations, the capital improvement projects, the turf and landscape maintenance, the playground maintenance, um, and we also take care of the facilities. Um, we have a facility services department that is actually in charge of maintaining all of the building elements within a park, uh, within our community pools, within the sports complex, um, and also um, with uh, our trails. Um, I'm also in charge of the park rangers who are responsible for education, enforcement. Uh, They do everything from hosting fishing clinics to helping us secure our parks at the end of the day to everything in between. And they're such an important part of the, the process of safety upkeep, making sure that people can go out and enjoy their time at the parks, right? And Definitely. I see the rangers out. I live in Peoria, so I see the rangers out all the time. And it, it is, uh, I will tell you, uh, I've talked to a lot of people who love the, the, them out there because they know that it's safe. They know that they can go out and enjoy a time. Uh, and the rangers are, ex- they're just extremely good at what they do. And they're they're always they're there when you need them, right? They're super they're our, responsive. They're our frontline ambassadors. Yeah. Um, they are one of the biggest advocates for us. Um, And again, they just do so much. I'm extremely thankful for them um, from Sunny Slope all the way up to Westland and everywhere in between. They really do a great job of covering our our large, expansive city and making sure that our parks are safe for everyone. And I think the average person may not know what it takes, even just one neighborhood park, right? What What goes into maintaining just a, a your everyday not the community not the community parks which are huge right uh but just the normal neighborhood park what goes into the day-to-day maintenance of that 
You know, uh, that's a, actually a great question, Nathaniel. Um, a, a lot of people equate the community parks to the neighborhood parks, and they're just two different levels of service. The community parks, by design, are regional. They're large. They offer a host of amenities. They have multiple fields, multi-purpose fields. Some of them have concession stands. Um, one has a recreation center. And those are intended to serve a larger group of people. Our, our neighborhood parks, um, by contrast, are actually smaller they're intended to serve the immediate neighborhood but there is a wealth of maintenance and work that goes into that that's uh, absolutely critical um, we have parks that are as small as an acre and some that are as large as 22 acres wow. and we're responsible for maintaining the turf for making sure that the playgrounds are safe and accessible for making sure that our restrooms which a lot of cities don't have um, are uh, accessible, that they're available, that they serve as a an amenity for the community to use. Um, we also make sure that we have our tennis courts and basketball courts, pickleball courts, which is absolutely huge right, here. It's in exploding, this right? <laughs> making sure that all of those are accessible and safe as well. We deal with park lighting. We deal with irrigation. In fact, several of our parks are flood irrigated um, uh, in the south. Um, so we just have a ton of different things that we touch. Everything you see in a park we're responsible for maintaining. And there's so many components to that. I mean, everything that you just listed for the, for the average person that walks on, you know, Oh, I'm going to go play tennis or I'm going to go play basketball or pickleball. I don't know if they quite understand the level of service that it takes to keep those maintained because it's also groundskeeping, right? You got to keep it looking nice. You you don't want a park to, to, to look bad in the neighborhood and, and, and neighborhoods should should want their parks to look good. So the day-to-day operations that go with all of that are are just tremendous and I know you got a great staff that that does that. How many how many uh employees do you have out there? So we have um two dedicated crews uh spread throughout the city um just for efficiency sake, but they each have a superintendent and dedicated coordinator and then a wealth of frontline staff who go out and perform that day-to-day maintenance. Um and so in addition to the day-to-day which is absolutely critical We also manage the capital side. Um, We realize that parks age. We realize that we want to constantly improve and make sure that our amenities are the most modern and, again, accessible, which is something that's critical for us, um, uh, amenities that we have. So we really have a focus on capital projects and making sure that we're constantly updating our parks to make sure that they're the best that they can be. And I want to touch on that a little bit because capital improvement projects are huge. We call it the CIP. That's the, that behind pulling back the curtain a little bit, right? The CIP projects, but they're huge and they're vitally important to keep Like you said, parks age. And I know another goal that's, that's been part of the, the, kind of the, the park um, projects is making sure they're the accessibility is there, right? We want everybody to be able to come and enjoy these parks. And so I know that's been another big uh, element to what we do here in the city. Most definitely. Um, Rio uh, Vista Community Park's a perfect example. Um, it recently finished a large-scale playground improvement, and one of the uh, number one considerations that we made with improving that playground was ensuring that we had inclusive elements um, so that the park felt more available for all. Um, we installed panels for that had braille on them or sign language. Uh, we make sure that all of our pour in place, which are the floor surfacing or transfer stations are ADA accessible. Um, a lot of the playground elements that were 
created years ago. I mean, I'm sure you and I grew up with the steel slides that burned you on the way <laughs> right? down. You still wrote them. Right. Or the, or <laughs> the middle the, summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the metal domes right. and all of those that you never really considered uh, the ADA accessibility or the inclusive inclusivity of it. Uh, we are very intentional in making sure that everyone can enjoy our parks, regardless of where they are or whatever pre-existing conditions that they may have. And t- I think that is such a, a backbone of what we do in Peoria, right? It's all about the experience, being inclusive. And I was at uh, Rio, I go to Rio a lot, but we were there doing our, um, we put a new story walk in, which you know, yep. and your team was awesome with that. Thank you, by the way. But it was so cool to see when we unveiled that the the kids at play and their ability to to uh you know all be inclusive right to for everybody to be able to enjoy an element of the playground and i can't speak enough about that and your your team and you and and um the leadership that uh, chris calcaterra has shown in that uh it's been amazing and to watch it in real time it it, do, it gives you chills, right? Definitely. It does. It's it's really cool to see it in real time and see it at play. So, um, are there other uh, capital improvement projects that are upcoming that oh, uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, we are uh, knee deep in projects, <laughs> and that's actually a good thing. Uh, one of the biggest ones that we're doing is a uh, complete renovation of Murphy Park, um, oh, cool, which is seventy uh, fifth and Cheryl. Um, uh, a couple years ago, um, maybe actually three or four years ago, uh, we had an instance of vandalism that actually burned part of the restroom. Oh. And so we actually um, uh, are getting that restroom refurbished and rebuilt. Um, we actually just demolished a concession stand so that we can include an inclusive area for people who want to come and watch the games. Oh, nice. Um, I actually just came from that park, and it actually looks amazing. Um, we uh, are in the process of doing a turf reduction um, with the city's um, intentional efforts to increase and promote water conservation. Uh, we've done a targeted turf reduction in the area to make sure that we are being mindful of our water consumption as a department. In fact, we have um, already started um, saving water. We've saved uh, upwards of 30 million gallons of water wow. already um, since July. Unreal. And and I want to come back to water because uh, it's such an important thing. And I had sustainability on uh, a few weeks ago, and, and we did talk about water converse, con- conservation. And it's a huge topic, obviously, with what's going on with our state. So I do want to come back uh, to that. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about CIP because yeah. I, I, I want people to understand the how large of a process this is and really how important it is. Because Every, every budget cycle you have to go through and you have to say, okay, what needs to be repaired? What needs to be fixed? And with 36 neighborhood parks, that's a lot. So, you know, how many projects are you, do you take on? In so, a- you know, we have projects throughout the city and what we've done, um, and it's been a very intentional process, is, is we have a prioritization program where our staff um, goes out and we evaluate the state of every single part of our parks. Um, we've been able to have our Uh, CIP program into three distinct areas. We have a park refresh program, which deals with the turf, which deals with the restrooms, uh, building elements, lighting. That's our largest CIP project. We have one for courts, which addresses uh, resurfacing courts, fixing basketball courts, converting a court from tennis to pickleball or to a multi-sport usage like we did at Deer Village and Alta Vista parks. And then we also have a park playground program. Um, This allows us to ensure that parks are ADA accessible or to replace an entire playground like we did at Roundtree Park or Roundtree Ranch or Calbrisa Park or to just update certain elements. The transfer stations have, um, which are the platforms that the children use or, or 
adults if you're young at heart. Sure. Um, if they become worn, then we can replace those and make sure that they're still safe and accessible. Um, the Putting those into three distinct pots have given us the flexibility to do multiple projects at once. We can identify issues and, and things that we discovered through our prioritization program and go and make significant improvements at all of our parts. And you guys have been so great uh, with being responsible with funding with this and making sure that you like you with the priority list. I think that's huge. And I think people need to know that that Peoria is not only responsive in what the need of the park is, but extremely responsible with the dollars being spent. And that I think is what citizens need to know. Our, 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 our citizens need to know the responsibility that comes with it. And you guys have done such a tremendous job. Um, and I, uh, one thing I want to talk about a little bit is kind of a newer feature that's out there with some of these parks that we're starting to see pop up, and that is the airnasiums, right? These are these things are unbelievable, and I believe it's Country Meadows, right? Was yep. the first Country Meadows was the first. We uh, there was a large engineering project that it was a total park uh, overhaul. Uh, require uh, it was an installation of new playground. Um, resurfacing and placement of the courts. We even installed an art installation out there. Yeah, right. I'm sure Mary Lou was over the moon about. <laughs> she, yeah. uh, we did a targeted turf reduction there. Um, we also installed a walking fitness stations. So you can oh, walk nice. along the exterior of the park and you can stop along at different stations and do fitness exercises. But to your point, the crown jewel of that park is the Arnasium. Yeah, so tell tell our listeners what exactly that is because it, when I first saw the, the, the plan, I was like, how does this work? But then I saw it you know, in real life. And I'm like, this thing's amazing. It is really, really cool. Oh, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And, and an air for, for those who aren't aware is just a large shaded structure that actually goes over our basketball court. Um, it has lighting underneath it so that the courts can be used in the evenings. But one of the key pieces of feedback that we received during the uh, citizen process is I'd love to use some of those amenities like basketball, like courts, but it's too hot in July right, and right. the sun's just beating down on us. So the Aranasium at Country Meadows was our first um, dive into the kind of shaded court area. And so it's this large, expansive area that's about 30 feet over the court that provides shade throughout the day. And it's slanted so where when the sun's setting, it still doesn't affect wow. it. It's a very intentional thing that has uh, paid dividends for us. And the court usage at Country Meadows has improved drastically because and, of and it. And the feedback has been been amazing. And I know people love it. And it is it is really a cool thing to see in play. And um, I, again, that, to me, that's just being so responsive to yeah. to the community and saying, hey, we, we hear you. Um, and while we may not be able to put an aeronasium at every park, which we'd love to do, but money is is an, is an issue, right? Um, we can put it in key areas so that people can enjoy it. Definitely. And I think that's really important. Uh, to me, though, those type of uh, being an innovator like that, being innovative like that, it's huge because people they they respond to that and it, it means a lot for them to be heard and then to see that also come to fruition right Definitely. so very cool all right so we'll we'll change gears a little bit i do want to talk about water because as i said it's uh, to me it's very I, uh, it's an important issue for the state um and i know you guys have been extremely intentional in what you're trying to do the turf reduction and and what i want to touch on a little bit is some people don't understand necessarily go oh you're, you're taking our ground you're doing this talk a little bit about that turf reduction uh, process and the program that you're you're doing because i think it's important definitely definitely so for those who are unaware um our city uh um, well i'll get a little bit more global um there are seven states and and actually another country mexico that actually use water from the colorado mm -hmm. river um, and Lake Powell and Lake Mead, which have which water levels, which waters levels have dropped 
significantly over the past 20 years. As a result, um, our allotment of water as a municipality will be decreasing. Um, nothing to be worried about. It's We have a very diverse and rich water portfolio that won't affect our, our citizens adversely in the immediate future. But what we have done is try to get in front of it to make sure that we're being responsible stewards of water. Um, as, this, uh, as the Parks Department, we're actually the largest water user in the city. Right. And so we felt that uh, we needed to take the charge on water conservation. Um, and one of the key ways that we can do that is through turf reductions. And so to your point, I'm sure a lot of people hear turf reduction and just think we're taking all of the grass right. out of the park. And that couldn't be further from the truth. What we focus on are areas that we refer to as non-programmable turf. And what that is is areas that are sloped. Um, it's very difficult to irrigate turf that's on a slope. The water just runs down. Um, so we try to take away that and put yeah. another element there. That you can't play sense. soccer on that, right? You can't play football on that. So it does, it does make sense to, to, to reduce that. Exactly. Um, it, it, what we, we refer to as passive areas. Um, if you think of a park that uh, primarily serves as a retention basin and we can't program sports or activities there because there isn't sufficient parking or because the terrain um, – it doesn't warrant its usage, then we can look at doing a targeted turf reduction to reduce the amount of water that's used at that location. Um, so if you think about a park like Paseo Verde Park or Sunny Slope Park where we have flag football or we have soccer, those areas will still be there mm -hmm. and they'll be maintained to the same high level of service that we have currently. But the areas around there, Sunny Slope in particular, is 22 acres of turf. Wow. And the areas, um, the if you've ever been there, uh, it's uh, – the perimeter of it is slanted, and all of that area is poorly irrigated because of the the gravity of just trying to irrigate a slope. Right. So Gra we can do a targeted. <laughs> we can talk about gravity, right? If you don't understand that, you, if water runs down, yes. it doesn't make sense. Definitely. But if we can do something intentional, and and what we mean, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to get the impression that we're doing a scorched earth policy, right? Where we just take the turf away and then there's nothing there. We've been very intentional with our turf reductions to replace that with a material, whether it's compressed decom or decompressed granite or mulch, and then more strategic uh, tree and shrub plantings, which use less water. Um, we want to make sure that the park still looks beautiful. Right, right. Um, and so we've done a couple of turf reductions. Alta Vista Park is a perfect example. Deer Village Park as well. And it's really ha it's really has made a significant impact, not only in the beautification of the park, but in our decrease of water consumption. And as you said, what, 30 million gallons? We've already um, saved 30 million gallons. And that's uh, – I'd love to give a shout-out to my parks team, specifically the irrigation team, um, our superintendents, along with the coordinators and the irrigation technicians, and the frontline park staff have done an absolutely yeah. amazing job of dialing in our irrigation. And, and to me, that is putting your money where your mouth is. Yep. Like, yep, we know we have a, a problem. And uh, I, as I said, I had sustainability in here. And um, they were talking about the water. Uh, Peoria has been so good and responsible with water conservation long before these issues even started popping up, right? We knew they were coming, yeah. but Peoria has been so responsive. And, and we had a Parks and Rec uh, you know, meeting uh, back, I think it was back in November or yeah. October. And um, I, you had a presentation there. And I was one of the reasons I wanted to get you on. And one of the things that stuck out to me was, the the discussion there with with Cape from well you know Cape Powers from from uh, water was we can all do our part right it's not just on the city and so one of the things that came out of there was you guys were talking about you know hey don't do winter grass so I went home 
<laughs> and I told my wife, we're not doing winter grass. Uh, it didn't work that night. Uh, I had to say it again. And <laughs> the next day I said, hey, let's not do winter grass. Um, a couple of things. Number one, we're going to be responsible. We live in Peoria. Two, uh, it's better, right, to, to, you know, every once in a while skip that cycle. Uh, I'm taking your yep. word as the expert. Yep. You skip a cycle. It's better for the Bermuda mm-hmm. to come back. Um, but uh, overall, it's just more responsible. And Peoria is doing that. Um, I know there's a lot of people that live in my community that di- that are doing that. Um, it's in my backyard, so my HOA is not mad at me. Um, but, uh, you know, I did it in my backyard. And I said, you know what, this is how we do our part. And it's a simple thing. And I don't have a huge backyard with tons of grass, but it is a simple thing we can do. And again, putting your money where your mouth is for Peoria, it just speaks volumes about your leadership, about uh, Chris Calcaterra's leadership, about city leadership, right? And saying, we are going to be smart. We're going to, we're going to be forward thinking and 30, 30 million gallons in six months. it, it may even be more than that. And I may need to look at my <laughs> documents. I, it may be, I think it is 30. Uh, I think hey. 600 million is our total consumption. Right. I, I can just tell you, we've been very deliberate about saving. Yeah. And um, we are, we um, are, we had an internal goal of 5% that we've already exceeded. Which so is, we are absolutely yeah. over the moon. And you're on, you're on pace to do some amazing things there with, without, really impacting what people do on a daily basis. And I, I know that was really your goal is, and you said that let's, let's not impact what happens on a daily basis. Keep it looking beautiful. Keep the park intact, allow people to do the normal things they would. Um, but we can, we can be responsible. Definitely. And it's not just in water that Peoria does that. We do that with everything that we, we touch. Yep. We're responsible fiscally. We, we do things the right way here in Peoria. And this is just another example of an awesome parks team coming together, doing it right, doing it, uh, you know, and still being able to not affect the daily lives of people. So congrats to you and your team. I just think it's been amazing. And I know um, since you've been here for two years and we, we used to be in the same department, we're yep. not anymore, sadly. You know, I, I love my new department. Department, but I, I miss uh, miss uh, the the parks people. But uh, it's all your leadership since you got here has been amazing, and and this is evidence of that. You've yeah. really done such a tremendous job with that t- that team. Uh, so kudos to you and, and your group, and and uh, thank you for coming on and talking about this. These are important topics, um, and I know how much our parks are used. Yeah. They're, they're they're they are used a lot. I I go to to Paloma, I go to Rio, I, I go to Pioneer, and you see people out there and they're enjoying themselves. So, and I know you're out there a lot oh, every day. I, I live in Gilbert, but I still try to make my way to come and look at the parks. Um, they're very great, and I will tell you this: um, I wouldn't be driving from Gilbert I, if I wasn't intrinsically motivated to make sure that these parks were the best they could be. I think you just proved that to everybody by saying you drive from Gilbert every day, Mike. That's unbelievable. I, I like to say, oh, I live here. I work there. Mike drives like 8,000 miles a day to, to work and, and be here. So that, that is a testament to you uh, and, and how involved you really are. And I know that you and I have had conversations about you. You know, you are involved. You're here. You're dug in and you want to make sure that, that you know, you're progressing and doing the right thing in Peoria. So. Thank you for that. Mike, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I definitely want to get you back, especially as we get closer to summer. Um, Again, water will always be a topic, but we can also talk about some of the other things that go on in the parks. I know summertime is is high activity time, uh, just like, you know, now. I mean, now we have the beautiful weather. 
heat doesn't seem to defer people from going to the parks. I go and I'm like, man, it's hot out here, but it's still, still crowded, still, Definitely. still wonderful. So we'll get you back on. We'll talk more about that. And, and as these projects start to, to continue to be completed and, and happen, I want to get you on to talk about that too. So Most definitely. And if you guys ever have any questions about any park projects or things of that nature, you can go to PeoriaAZ.gov slash parks. We started to update our parks and trails page with project updates all of that. We got a ton of stuff cooking, a lot of things in the hopper. We're doing a really, really deliberate and intentional job of trying to make the parks the best that they can be. You are. And you know, we didn't even get to trails. We talked so much about parks. So I definitely got to get you back on because we have a, awesome trails here and a huge hiking community uh, within our, our, our city. So we got, definitely got to get you back in to talk about of trails course. soon. So, all right, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, I just want to reiterate, we have some awesome uh, events coming up. Uh, Saturday the 14th is a a big day here in Old Town Peoria with the MLK Day of Service. We got second Saturdays and of course concerts in the courtyard are kicking off. So as always, make sure you're getting out to these events. Make sure you're getting out to our parks and enjoying these wonderful amenities that the city has. We are, we are all about you and we want to make sure your experience out there is great. So get out there, get to some of these events, get to the parks. And until next time, I'm Nathaniel Washburn. This is What's Up Peoria.